This podcast was recorded and produced on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Blackbirds acknowledges and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. No offence, but... No offence, but you guys suck. Oh, no offence, though. Like, no offence. Great Britain has now become Snowflake Central. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. Look, no offence, but... Oh, oh my God. Oh. No, I'm not proud of it. One guy came a vegan sausage rolls. <laughs> what the fuck is Hello and welcome back to another episode of No Offence But. My name is Aisha, I am the Artistic Director of Blackbirds and the host of this podcast. Today I am joined by a really, really good friend of mine, Mona Hamid. She is a creative, she is a DJ, a designer, an all-round good time, she's a photographer. She's pretty much everything in a human being. She's really fun, we love her to death. Muna is Bengali and we talk about in this conversation what it's like growing up as the daughter of immigrant parents and the kind of expectations and pressures that are put on you culturally, professionally, the list goes on. We talk about colorism, we talk about why she talks about herself or describes herself as being in limbo and the benefits of that and what it's like growing up Bengali kind of hating yourself and your culture and then growing to love it so entirely and finding a balance between the worlds that you live in. It's a really wonderful chat and I'm so grateful to Muna for sharing her experiences with us. We also had a lot of laughs. It was a good time and I can't wait for you to hear it. Muna Hamid, welcome <laughs> to No Offence But. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? Good. It's been a long time coming. It has been since the beginning of this of show. Days. The beginning of days. <laughs> So let's get straight into it. When was the last time you were offended by someone? Um, I don't know if it, was, it wasn't the last time, but yeah. one prominent time where I was offended by someone was an auntie in Bangladesh. Um, we were at a wedding. There's like, let me set the scene, there's like 700 people. Far out. Is that a normal size for a wedding at Bangladesh? Yeah, I would say so. Like 700 to 1,000, maybe 500 sometimes. It's like intimate. How does anyone afford to put it's on a wedding crazy. like that? It's crazy. It's actually crazy because I'm like seeing all of the inequality and all of that and everyone is spending so much money. Like they're all their life savings. They're like mortgaging properties, all of that. Literally, really? depending on like if you're like from like middle class, you you know, you're going to be struggling to pull off a big, it's like the biggest thing. But the craziest thing also is that the divorce rate is so high. No way. Yeah, because... Um, People get married for the idea of let's get married as opposed to like, you know, like taking off a box, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of the time it's like this, I'm in no no shade to arrange marriages at all. Yeah. But um, a lot of the time, you know, they're just not investing enough time before getting married. And then yes. they find, they see the differences and stuff and maybe families like don't get along, like that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, but of course there's still some really good marriages at last like my parents were they, they in arranged marriage they weren't arranged so they used to sing together in a group together I love that. and i think they were making like eyes at each other or whatever and the guy that like started the group was like hey i reckon you two would be good together so he went to my mom's uh, mom and was like yo like check out this guy he's cool and maybe they should talk and then and i think they were already like kind of vibing so i guess it was kind of like like everyone was happy with it because like it was came from the music guy um the music guy professional term <laughs> and um 
Yeah, and so it worked out. But yeah, a lot of the times is crazy because it doesn't work out. Wow. Yeah. Okay, wait, you didn't tell the story of why you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just but that was a good... <laughs> I enjoyed learning about that <laughs> marriage situation. Yeah, marriage, yeah, yeah. So um, we were at this wedding a few years ago and then this auntie came up to me and someone was like, oh, this is like Muna, blah, blah, blah. And then um, she's like, oh, you know, you'd be perfect for my son if you were just a little bit lighter. And I was like, Ooh. first of all, who the hell is your son? Second of all, no, I would not be perfect for him. That's just ridiculous to me. <laughs> I didn't even know you or yeah. your son. Yeah, I was like, no. What does he look like? <laughs> oh, my God. That is really offensive. What did you say? You probably said nothing, right? I literally just looked at my mom and I was like, are you kidding me with my eyes? Yeah. And then I just like turned around and went back to my cousin. I just told everyone else and we laughed about it. But that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, colorism is huge. A hundred percent. There's like... Um, yeah, like obviously everyone knows about Fair and Lovely and all that's like a cancerous cream. Is it cancerous? Apparently. So I don't, I don't know how legit that is, but I'm going to run with it because it's going to make people stop using it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it doesn't do anything. Like all the ads, if you see the ads, it's like a girl in, it's like a before and after would be a girl in the shadows and then it would just be a picture of her in the light. Are you kidding? <laughs> like that's like the before and after. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But yeah, that's a huge thing. But also when I was telling my cousins about it, they were like, why? They, they don't even bat an eyelid if someone were to say that to them. Like, they would be like, this is normal. We just deal with this. Like, everything anyone says to you in Bangladesh can be seen as offensive a lot of the time because I guess they just have no filter and they'll just tell you how they feel about everything, which is also cool because, like, um, it's kind of like, you know, terms of endearment. Like, you don't need to be formal with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... Yeah, I can see like where it co- it's coming from, but coming from Australia and then like going into that environment, it's just a bit of a shock. But like, I mean, I was offended, but I also don't care. Like, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. So forgive me for my ignorance, but mm-hmm. you know how India has a caste system? Does yeah. Bangladesh have that? It's not like a caste system. If Obviously, the caste system is more like in the Hindu culture. Yeah. Um, Because Muslim is more predominantly a Muslim country. What did I say? Muslim is... <laughs> <laughs> Bangladesh is more predominantly a Muslim country. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out, No, by the leave way. it, I, leave that's it. That's iconic. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what did I just say? Muslim is a Muslim country. You're right, though. You are right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because it's more um, a Muslim country, that it's obviously not got a caste system like that, but there's a class system. So, you just right. kind of define by how much money you earn or like how much bling you have, how big the wedding that you put on is, like, all of that. Yeah. Okay, so if your parents... Wait, have your parents tried to arrange you in a marriage? Yeah, so now... They haven't tried to arrange me in a marriage, but they've been like, oh, you know, you're getting older, like, why don't you talk to this nice Bengali boy that someone has brought forward for you, blah, blah, blah. Like, aunties and stuff will be talking, be like, oh, like, um, what about this one for Muna? And I'll be like, first of all, No. Second of all, no, no. And third of all, this is what my response is normally to my parents. Like, it's unfortunate, but actually they don't really know me. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, you don't really know me. Yeah. I was like, how are you going to bring, think that you can bring me someone when you don't really know me like that? And like, that's no fault of your own. It's like more that I'm concealing elements of myself from Mm. them just to protect them because ignorance is bliss for them. Um, yeah, and we're going to get more into that. But yeah. let's let's start with yes. 
How would you describe yourself? Ooh, okay. Um, actually, I was thinking about this in the shower today. Love that. Shower thoughts. Yeah, they're the best ones. They're amazing. Um, and I was like, I think I would just use two words to describe me. And that would just be in limbo. Because I feel like I'm just wow. in between a lot of spaces. Mm-hmm. So, and then I've like kind of made my own space in that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I would just, you know, obviously, like I always tell this story to people. Like when I go to Bangladesh, I look like them like somewhat maybe not like the way I walk and talk but um, obviously my skin color like my Mm -hmm. facial features everything I kind of I look Bengali but then when I'm here in Australia like I don't look Australian like many of us and Mm -hmm. our friend group and everything like that Um, but I you know my mannerisms and things like that are Mm -hmm. Australian or like a hybrid like Australian vibe Um, so yeah I just feel like I'm in between those two worlds and it's comfortable here I like it because I can kind of move around and just go around the whole world and just be chilling like anywhere can be home yeah yeah and then how do you identify culturally like do you identify as australian bengali or just bengali or like i think it depends who's asking the question like if i'm in america i'm gonna say i'm australian and then like go hard with the australian accent just because like they They froth it it. yeah and i'm like yeah i'll let you have this i'll let you have this (laughs) (laughs) um so we do that but um I'd say I'm Bengali first, even though I was born here, like in Armadale. Um, Wait, where's that? New that's South like, Wales. Yeah, it's country. like northern country New South Wales. Wild. I know, wild. Um, and yeah, but I would still say that I'm Bengali, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And what was life like for you growing up here? Like, wait, was was Bengali your first language? Um, Is that what it's called? So yeah, so, yeah, Bengali, yeah. Bengali, yeah. and also you can say Bangla, like both Bangla. of them. Bangla or Bengali, like okay. either or. Um, uh, yeah, so basically, um, I was speaking Bangla. Like my parents were obviously talking in Bangla to me. My mom's philosophy was that I'm gonna go to school and it's gonna be like so easy, easy to pick up to English. Yeah. yeah. So then, like, if I would ever go to her and speak in English or like anything like that, she would. Like, for example, this is something I always tell my friends is like, if I were to go up to my mom and be like, I want water in English, she would be like, I don't understand you, say it in Bangla. So like, for me to survive, I had to actually pick up the language <laughs> to get that water. You're like, sorry, no water for you, bitch. Yeah, I was like, damn. <laughs> All right, can I have some bunny, please? Bunny's water. Bunny. Yeah. Love that. But did you feel different growing up? Oh, 100%. Like I said, I grew up in rural Australia, like Toowoomba, Gatton, all of that. Oof, and Gatton, oof. I know. Rock Rough roll, ends, baby. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember this, like, very prominent experience that was uh, when I was in preschool or something like that. And that preschool was, like, lit. Like, they had mad toys. They had heaps <laughs> of shit. It was going off, and I was, like, so G to go there. Like, my dad dropped me off before, like, going wherever. And then I'd be there, and I'm seeing all these kids, and, like, obviously everyone was white, and I feel like a lot of, like like brown and black people in Australia have a similar experience because they're like there's most people are white when you're growing up because there were not many immigrants back then um in the 90s and then um yeah people the the kids would be playing and everything and I would just be like yo wait wait just move yeah (laughs) Yeah. just move (laughs) 
I w- the kids would be playing and stuff and I'd be like can I play with you guys and they would just like be like nah and then no way yeah and I just remember like at the time I had no idea what was going on I was like what have I done like what is going on here and then they didn't even know me but I was like sitting there and I was like okay these people don't want to play with me so I'll just like find some joy in like this box or like play with toys or whatever myself but like they literally never ever spoke to me the whole entire like time I was there and it never made any sense but I would always see the teachers because they're a bit older they were looking at it like oh shit they were trying to like get me with the kids and the kids would be like nah and then I was like all right cool and um I remember it was like photo day and then everyone was taking individual photos and then they were like to me um smile and then I was like I put on like the biggest cheesiest smile it's the one that you had on your um phone Yes, wallpaper it was like, it was like that that photo. age that yeah, one yeah, 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 yeah. so i put on the biggest smile and then i saw that photo like recently and i was like wow i was so unhappy like at this place but i mean i wasn't unhappy like that but i was just like i didn't have any friends but i was still smiling like real hard yeah. because like i think my family life and everything else like i was blessed with like it was totally. nice so it was like um didn't really matter isn't that funny though like those things that happen to you when you're a kid you don't understand them and then you come back to this age and you're like fuck that's Fuck. Yeah. Like, it's now when you, like, start to unpack it. Yeah. Like, I do this all the time. I'm like, wow, I'm actually glad I didn't understand it. Because yeah, me too. Because I would have been the most depressed five-year-old. Exactly. Yeah. Like, ignorance is bliss again. Like, same thing as you. Like, if I knew what was going on, it would be cooked. But I was able to have a good time. And, again, I was telling everyone else that it's very character building. Yeah. I feel like. Like, even if you don't realise it at the time. But, yeah, when I did realise and started to understand the concept of, like, you know, racism and any, everything like that. I was like, okay, I think that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when did you move to Sydney? Moved to Sydney when I was like in primary school, like early primary school. Um, yeah, I, just went, I went to Matraville Public School. I don't know where that is. That's like, uh, it's near where your favourite um, peeps are from. Because I, I performed no, my for... my favourite peeps? I've performed for the Rabbitohs at <gasps> South Juniors. You did not. I know. I was playing the flute in the school band. Out. That is iconic. I know. I know, iconic. But I remember one of the years we were playing the flute and... Uh, well, I was playing the flute. There was two other girls that were playing, f- like, on flute with me. And, like, I hadn't practiced that whole thing. So I went there on stage in front of the Rabbitohs at the South Juniors. And I was just, like, pressing the buttons and not blowing. I love that, though. They would have lived for that. Yeah. They, they, they probably have a picture of you, like, this is Muna. Yeah. She's our lead flautist, etc., etc., etc. I'm just out here, like, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Tell me more about your parents. So... When did they migrate to Australia? So dad um, and mum and my brother came here um, in like 92. So 992. And my dad was in like New York before that. Yeah. And he was like trying to make it over there in Queens. In, um, and he was like having to do a lot of random odd jobs and stuff. He's, he's a musician. Yeah, he's a musician, but he's also um, an agriculturalist. That's right. Yeah. So Isn't he, that how he ended up in Queensland? Yeah, exactly. He was doing... Exactly, exactly. All that... Um, that is so random. interesting. And very random. Very random. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's actually like one of the biggest kind of um, skills. Like there's like a university for agriculture in Bangladesh because they do like a lot of work on that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think he saw it as his only opportunity to go, like get out of Bangladesh and start like a new life for him and his family mm. um, overseas with better opportunities and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, he was trying to make it in New York and he was having to do random odd jobs. And like the day before my mom and my brother were going to go meet him, he sent a letter on oh, no, actually He called them and he was like, 
don't come like I'm coming back he's like I'm not gonna do this so then imagine that imagine I was born in Queens New York that'd been crazy that would have been wild so I wonder if I would have known you I mean I don't even think I would be who I am like I would have been it would have been a different time like they would have, you know, done the deed at a different time, like oh, different things. You wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't even be who I am. Oh my god, no. I know, I know, I know. Thank goodness. Um, and so then he went back to Bangladesh, and then they were like, okay, how can we do this? How can we do this? And then he ended up um, applying for like different unis around the world, and he got accepted at the one in Armadale, like on a scholarship to study like this particular flower that's um, like prevalent in that region. I forgot what it's called, but um, that yeah. sounds really intense, though. Like, yeah, to studying one flower. Uh huh. Exactly. Write a whole thesis on this on flower. This flower. Oh, God, if you were that flower, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, give <laughs> get me over a break. it. Yeah, <laughs> get over me, man. I'm done with you. <laughs> done. I'm just trying to live. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I guess my dad was trying to help the flower. Yeah, live. help the flower live. Yeah, yeah fair, fair. Good call. Good so call. thank you to dad Thanks for that dad, one. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so he came here. It is. A, it's very crazy that like. The amount of work and effort and like just hours and like everything that you know skilled migrants and like just immigrants and our parents generation had to put into like moving countries like mm. we're out here like you're like i don't think i can make it to dinner tonight like literally let's reschedule for three weeks down the track I, my bus is really slow yeah like, <laughs> i'm really tired yeah like i don't think i can um <laughs> so yeah it was like obviously very commendable and stuff but that that's how it was at the time and so they moved here together and they did the whole thing and then um, they moved around like Brisbane, like all that, Melbourne, everything like that. Then we came to Sydney um, and yeah, and then we just like started a life here and my dad started like a singing school in um, in Mat- at Matraville Public School on weekends we would go there. So it was like a really good opportunity for the Bengali community to meet and like, because um, it's like obviously you're, you're displaced from your country mm. so you want to meet like-minded people and I think that's how it is with a lot of immigrant communities where you just create your own little world here um which is also what leads me to like the next point that you know we're going to talk about which is that they have so many backdated ideologies that have kind of traveled with them from back then and like you know even my aunties and stuff in Bangladesh they're progressing with the times whereas my parents are like stuck on this one kind of thing that they brought from like back then okay so like what give us some examples all right let me give you some examples let's let's get it get it let's get it so um i always tell people this so even things like just the clothes i wear right like oh my god are they like where's your why is your midriff showing oh my god the way they haven't even seen my midriff ever i mean unless we're in a sari then it's all right for some weird reason of course (laughs) of course yeah it's really weird but but like if oh my god my friend was dancing at like this other friend of mine's brother's wedding in sydney and like while we're dancing her sari like um came like like one boob was like revealed and one wasn't obviously she had a blouse on no 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 she had a blouse on underneath still fully covered yeah still fully covered but like the exactly but like the the cloth kind of went on like over the left and it um revealed the right side and um then like this auntie or i think it might even even be my mom or something but like while she's dancing went up while she's dancing imagine how mortified my friend was she went up to her and like fixed it for her like that's how because everyone was thinking and talking about it like um everyone was like oh ooh, ooh. so it was just like so crazy that like this could ever happen but i was like dude she's moving around like doing like 500 spins like of course it's gonna like move a little yeah. bit but it's like 
yeah, it's so obviously like the clothes we wear, midriff not allowed. So, a, a what about like arms out and stuff? Well, it depends on like what kind of family, like how religious, like that kind of thing. My parents are pretty progressive. Like I know it sounds like they're not based off of everything I've just said, but like that was more of a commentary on the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, you know, open to changing and like their thought processes. And like I'm really like grateful for my parents because um, they are really open. But you know, I've obviously had to workshop it with them. But I can obviously show my arms and like do that yeah. kind of thing around them. Um, but a lot of people can't and. Um, yeah, and that's just, like, how they're raised and that's their cultural, like, identity and understanding and that's fine. But, like, just an example that's, re- like, relevant to me is um, I remember I was going a big day out with one of my friends. Oh, my God, big day out. That I doesn't even know. exist anymore. I know, ripped a big day out. Yeah. I know. Did you ever go? Had you ever been? No, never. I was a bit afraid of it because it used to be on, like, the Gold Coast uh, when I was living in Brisbane. Yeah. I was really a goody two shoes for many, many moons. Really? Like, I would never, never. Really? Yeah, when I'm... did you lose those shoes? Not till I be- not till I moved to Sydney, I don't think. Yeah, like, so I when you met me. I remember even going to a party when I was like, <laughs> yeah, when I met you, you yeah. bad influence. <laughs> I remember going to a party when I was like 16 or 17 and someone offered me a drink and I took it and then I like looked at it and I had to give it to my friend because I was like, I can't drink this. And she's like, why? <laughs> And I was like, because I can't. So I, I feel bad. And she was like, okay. for who? For, for, I just always feel bad because like, I know that my mum has sacrificed so much mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel not that she would, she wouldn't even know if I'd had one drink back then. Right? Yeah. But like my guilt and mm. like the pressure that I put on myself, just knowing how, mu- how hard mum works. Like if I had done anything to like, I don't know, not even like a reputation thing, but I don't even know. Do you know what I mean? You yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean? You just don't like, want to disappoint her. No, I don't want to disappoint yeah. her. Was she, um, did you guys drink like when you were young, like when I you were never 16? D- no, I never. But my mum, like my mum's always drunk wine and stuff, but I've never seen her drunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and like, it was just nothing that I even thought of doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was a nerd. Yeah. Anyway, who cares about me? No. Um, well, we all do. <laughs> no, but you were talking about Big Day Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big day out. Um, went so okay. So me and one of my friends. She's also Bengali. Like she, um, I've known her since I was like very I think young. I met her. Is this the one that was at Tiana Taylor? No. Uh no, not her. It's um a friend. You might have met her. The one whose wedding. Remember who got yes. married to a Lebanese guy? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Shout out everyone here. Shout out. Yeah, and then um, so we were obviously going. So I was at her house and. You know, we live um, like closer to the city ways and we were like, okay, like we're going to catch the train to Homebush. It's going to be crazy. Like we're going to go see Kanye West. It's going to be amazing. That was a really, really oh good. Oh my God. Yeah. My friend performed at that big day out. What, at Kanye West? Yes. Like a dancer? Yes. What? My friend Bonnie. Wow. Shout out Bonnie. Shout out Bonnie. Shout out Bonnie one I time. I think was the same year that he also did Splendor. I could be it wrong. might have been. It was, uh, was it? the year of runaway i think it was yes yeah she did she was wearing this brown leotard anyway yeah that was so good it was so sick very interesting though like when people ask me because i've been to so many shows and stuff people would be like what was your favorite show and i'll be like i'll always say it was that big day out even though i was not on any drugs not on anything at all nothing at all and i was just having a good time love that for you i know it was so good that's the music though that's the music and the atmosphere exactly that'll do it for you um and so we were going to the big day out in Homebush and we left the house in like full because it was skinny jeans era back then Ooh, and mind they you were terrible they were terrible but they're gonna come back they're gonna come Why? back 
because I refuse. I refuse. I'm on a wide leg pant train. Fast forward two years and you're wearing skinny I've, jeans everywhere. If I'm wearing skinny jeans, put me in a, <laughs> an asylum. <laughs> <laughs> I actually loved them at the time. They went off. You buy them from like Supre and stuff yes. with that pink bag. Everything. Oh my god, the pink bag. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we. W- Mind you, this day was 45 degrees or something really, really crazy like Especially that. Especially out in Homebush. Yeah, it was like very, very hot. And we left the house wearing these skinny jeans and like a loose top or whatever. And we had to go. And we were like, oh, we're going to like a festival. Like we want to wear like fucking denim Undies shorts. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a bra. No, I was still pretty modest. Yeah, 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 it wasn't yeah. that time. It was more like, um, let me wear some denim fucking shorts, please. And Doc Martens. And yeah, 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 yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. just do this whole thing. Some American apparel, like, basic yes. tops, some shit like that. And then, um, so we left the thing. We went to the back of her alleyway and changed our clothes. <gasps> I know, in broad daylight. I love that. I know, but the way we, we, like, I'm like, this is a common story. I'm sure, I'm sorry for outing anyone who else is listening to this, but, like, <laughs> this is a thing that definitely happened. And like, but it was so normal, but I was like, I would do this weird shit and then go to uni or wherever and just act like nothing had happened on the weekend. Yes. <laughs> yes. So funny. But your parents had no idea. They had no idea until this day. I mean, I think they definitely have a clue now and I, you know, now they don't live at home either. It's like, totally. I can do whatever I want, which is one of the best parts of me. I can just kind of, um, placate them and do what they want, but also just live my life at the same yes. time. But so it's cool. So yeah, that, that's one of the examples. Okay, so that brings me to my next question, which is, like, do you? Which I already know the answer to this, <laughs> but do you have to hide a lot of stuff from them? And like, yes, what kind of stuff? And how do you hide it? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, just literally anything. Like, um, obviously, my parents have no idea that I like drink. They have no idea that you drink. No, which Surely. is crazy. Are you kidding? I mean, actually, they probably have an idea, but like, like it's not, never been addressed. Not, yeah. They've always like found, um, not always like randomly that when I've like forgotten about it, they'll You've find been a drunk. Bottle. Yeah, because I've been <laughs> drunk and just like cooked. I'm just trying to get up the stairs. Like they will find like a bottle of whatever, and then I'll always blame it on some friends. Me? <laughs> I'll blame it on you. You can blame it on me if you want. I don't yeah, care. I would. I would. As I would. long as they still like me. Yeah, they still do. Well, I always like blame it on someone who doesn't actually exist. Okay. Just cool. so like just then. Like, it- oh, it was Kate. Yeah, it was Kate. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So I was blaming on Kate, and like. She has put a lot of shit in my room, actually. <laughs> so, like, fuck you, Kate, if you're listening to this. Yeah. She's put weed in my room. <gasps> she's put fucking alcohol. She's put, like, different narcotics. It's, it's not been good. So, the, okay, so wait. <laughs> let's 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 unpack this. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's say they find a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Malibu, normally. Okay, <laughs> say they find a bottle of Malibu. Is there a conversation? about it it depends so like okay so if my mum finds it for example this is like um it didn't happen as much like before i moved out this is like earlier days like if she found it it really depends on whether she thinks it's severe enough to raise it with my dad and then it becomes a thing because sometimes what she'll do so like basically she would find like 50 dollars worth of weed or some shit like in my room and what she's done before is taken it and then just thrown it away. <laughs> and then, so there's that. And then there's also, this was the funniest one. She's found, obviously, condoms in my room. And then... <gasps> no! I know, but no! the funniest thing is she threw it away, right? And then in my mind, I was like, what? So do you just want me to have unsafe sex? Like, what does this mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Hang on. But, okay. First of all, though, 
you would have never have brought a boy home. No, back then, no. No way. Right. I know, I know. I don't know why I had them. I must have had them for some reason. But just like, to be safe. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, was probably something, but, like, I she just found them. It was in my bag or some shit like that. <gasps> and then it would have been very, very, very fucked for her to find that because, like, I'm literally supposed to you know, do all that once I'm married and oh everything God. like that. So it's like the most taboo thing. Like, and all I remember is for that week, like I didn't know, I didn't realize that they were gone or like blah, 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 like for the next few days. So like she was just being really short with me and like very cold. And I was like, why is she being such a bitch? And then like later I figured it out and I just sat there with my eyes like huge, like in my room, like, oh my God, I, I just realized what's happened. Oh my God. And like the the fear that like my parents have or like the culture has instilled in me like there is no fear i feel greater than like something like getting caught out by my parents or something like that like that shit is crazy and like um yeah fuck it's crazy yeah okay but you go out a fair bit like obviously now you live out of home but when you were at home you were still out all the time like you're a very social person right? yeah 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 so yeah. like where did they think you were going and what you were doing like yeah so the thing was like i came to a crossroads and i was like i can either keep hiding this and just like keep it moving like this or i can figure out how to you know grow as an adult with them like this is a little bit of a tangent but it gives context to like what empowered me to have these conversations with my parents is like i remember i was like 21 or something like that and having a fight with my parents um about some random shit and then I could see that my dad, like, my dad and I are pretty close and, like, mm. I'm his only daughter, so he, like, really loves me and stuff. Yeah. And, like, I could see that he was really hurting that we were having this fight. So um, before bed, he came into my room and he was, like, um, he, you know, his voice a little bit crackly. Like, he sat down and he calls me Ammu, like, like it's, like, a term of endearment as well. It's, like, Ammu means mum. Mm. And he was, like, Ammu, like, I like he's calling me his mum. And um, he sat down and he's, like, listen, Ammu, like, I have never been the father or the parent of a 21-year-old girl before. Like, I'm literally growing with you. He's like, I've been the parent of a 16-year-old, of a 12-year-old. Mm. Like, I've been the parent of an 18-year-old guy. Like, mm. I've done all this, but every single year is going to be different, just like it is for you. Um, like, it's going to be different for me as well. And that was really like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I never thought about it like that. You just think your parents are just like parenting and that's it. And I was like, okay, that's that's crazy. So I was like, okay, if I want to actually make this work and still have a really good relationship with my parents and also, like, do what I want to do, like, I'm going to have to explain it to them, like, logically and, like, kind of strip the fear away because I feel like, you know, you're always afraid of what you don't know or understand mm. and they would always see things on the news and, you know, Western mm. culture is portrayed in such a different kind of light in the media and whatever and they've come into this space and they always see, like, all the shit on the news or whatever and um, they just want to keep me as close as they can to home and what they understand which is Bangladesh and mm. um, their own culture and, and Islam um, but yeah I was just like listen I'm not doing anything and I was like you know you guys are musicians you guys were doing all this stuff um, over there like just with your own kind of community mm. and it was fine but I was like I don't have that luxury like I'm in this country that you've brought me to mm. and there are lots of different people here and I just want you to know that like you have these fears but you need to not worry about it because i'm i literally i have the same hopes and dreams and whatever as you guys like yeah i want the best for me and you want the best for me so yeah like just like trust me on that yeah um so yeah yeah wow so 
you you have do you think you do have the same hopes and dreams for yourself like obviously yeah you both want the best for you but yeah. like if they had their way like yeah. would you just be married tomorrow and then you know what i mean like <laughs> i think now because i feel like i've come a long way with my parents like especially with the fact that i'm able to live out of home and like do all this shit like they're definitely doing a lot better than a lot of other people I've seen. And not to say that, you know, they're better or worse. It's like, this is my journey so far. And it's like working and it's like working with my lifestyle that I've created for myself as well. But um, if they had their way, like my dad always says this, my mum as well, like, you know, I just want you to be happy. Like that's actually what they always say to me. And I think they've really like later on in their life understood the true value and meaning of happiness and like, you know, my dad's really into reading, like, all these, you know, self-help books and stuff like yeah. that. Just, like, he does think, like, how we think, you know? And so and so does my mom as well. And, like, um, so I think, yeah, we do. But um, in response to your question, they do definitely want me to be more secure, I think. Like, you know, say if I were a lawyer or something like that, or, like, an accountant or some something like that, like, they would probably be more comfortable with that. It's just the fact that they don't really understand like what I'm really doing. Yeah, because your job now is your job title is I'm a digital manager at um, like a, a music like place. Yeah. So that to them is like oh you know arts industry like they've only ever known security in you know this kind these kind of circles or like um, career paths. And they're just not aware of, like, the opportunities that exist beyond that. And that's not their own fault. That's because, like, that's all that was available to them when they were moving here. Mm. But, like, I always tell them, like, you brought me here. Why would I stick to what you guys had as opportunities? Like, my opportunities are now, like, ex- way more expensive. And, like, I can literally do anything else. And that's why you brought me here. Yeah. So, like, you know, don't be afraid and, and let me flourish in this space. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about dating for a second. Yes. Because, like... I tell my mum, literally about everyone that I've ever gone on a date with, mm. ever. I'm like, oh, she's like, what are you doing this week? I'm like, I'm going on a date with this guy. I'm doing this. I'm like, mm. whatever. I'm seeing this guy. Mm. I'm not into him. Yeah. <laughs> I like this one yeah, or whatever. Like you know what I mean? with your mum. Yeah, yeah. Bance. And she's like, how's so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, yeah. God, leave me alone. I wish That's I never so told cute. you. Yeah. What's um, that like? What's that like? <laughs> yeah, it's good. But like, I mean, obviously boundaries. Yeah. But you can't you don't tell your parents no they have no idea like no idea i don't even think i'm sure they know now she found like condoms and shit like i'm sure they know in the back of their mind but like yeah like i do not talk to them about anything like that at all like i'm really way too shy to do that with my parents yeah like i and i also it's like a weird thing like I feel like I'm their little girl. Like, I don't want to taint that image of myself in their minds. It just makes me feel really shy. Like, that's the only way to explain it. And, like, um, and I don't think I would ever bring it up with my parents unless I were, like, really serious about this person, like, going to get married or whatever. Like, I I would never bring it up. And do they want you to marry someone who's also Bengali? Yeah, they obviously they want that. And the reasoning for that is, like, you know, I want to be able to – communicate with them you yeah, know have jokes cultural stuff i get it yeah. i get it and like if it were like their way they're like i want you to marry a bengali musician who's also like very academically just like on on it and then also like a sick cunt or something so like that. so basically a unicorn yeah just like basically they just want some crazy shit like that they want it they could well tell them to start manifesting that's the thing i'm like okay well you guys know what i want so like like they know what i want like i just want someone who i'm comfortable with like just like just a normal person but like they 
then they'll always be like asking for all these extra things and I'm like I don't know about that bro but um yeah so they want that but I think at this point they're all right with me just marrying like someone who's a Muslim yes or something like that um which is they've come a long way because that would have been unheard of okay but I think a lot of people in my community have paved the way for that as well yeah by like showing that it's cool and and stuff like that so so that's all fine what's the Bengali community in Sydney like huge it's really huge yeah like it's really big like we have this one thing um when it's like a Bengali new year in April or whatever like that um something can I come yes yes am I allowed or is that absolutely everyone's allowed everyone brings their friends but um yeah we like I remember one of my fondest memories of like my life probably was like there was this Bengali fair that like one of the biggest years because it was getting so big because there was such a big population here they moved it from like Burwood Girls High School they used to have it in the school like just in the um playground and stuff like on a weekend and they moved it um to Homebush like Olympic Park to the athletic stadium because it got really really big and then like uh, my dad was like doing music performances with a bunch of people on the stage and stuff and we all and like the younger kids we got like a stall in the corner of the um place and that was like the hangout place like my brother and his friends were in like this band they called b2 and they were like singing like they were making like joke rap about like being Bengali and stuff is like really funny um and we were just in the back there like all the kids were hanging out like all the Bengali kids from around Sydney like and I was in like maybe like year nine or ten and me and my friend were face painting like a bunch of kids it was just like so much fun so it was really I'm really really grateful for like the community here because um yeah it's kept me close to like Bangladesh and just my culture and kept me appreciative of it. Even though when I was like in high school, I fucking hated being like Bengali. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I hate it. Like I never would tell anyone that I watch Bollywood movies or like that I like eat like really, really good food. Yeah. (laughs) Like I would never tell anyone. I'd always try and hide it. I would never put henna on my hands. Like because once this guy was like, why do your fingers look like carrots? Because it's orange. Oh my God. And I was like, well, shit, maybe they do look like carrots. They don't. Yeah, they don't. Obviously they don't. But then at that time I was like impressionable and I was like, fuck. So I literally hid every single part of my identity that was related to like Bangladesh or anything like that, like growing up. But now I'm so grateful to have found like my community and you guys and stuff like that where I can just be like myself and I can actually understand and appreciate how lucky I am to have been exposed to all this growing up. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you a broader view. Yeah. Perspective, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But do you want to like get married and have kids? <laughs> but really, do you? Really? Um, yeah, definitely. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I don't know. It's like, it's very definite answer for me. A lot of people might not agree with that, but like for me, I just think it's really cool to be able to instill a personality in a little human. That's I dope. I know, but you know what I don't want to do? What? Be pregnant. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. That sounds like... That sounds And fucked. give birth. I mean, it could be interesting, but like it's going to fucking hurt. I why? <laughs> it's so unfair. I know. Like, why do the women have to go through all this stuff and like... Your skin just stretches out so much and then you have to push out <laughs> You have child. to breathe a lot. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Like, it's really not fa- – like, I, absolutely, if I ever have a baby, I'm getting a push present and oh it's going to be a, worth at push least $100,000. Push present. Push present. Push present. What is that? What the hell it's is like that? when you give birth, your partner gives you a present for giving birth. Oh, like, yeah. I used to yep, think yep. it was so stupid, but now no. I'm like, no, actually, like, yeah. what does the dude do? Nothing. Nothing. You, you literally just – 
does whatever he wants and for passes nine out. Yeah. Literally, I'm like, well, no, I do deserve a push present. Absolutely. Women do deserve. Give me a gift. Absolutely. What What is your ideal push present? I want something expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so right. So like a big, fat opal, like a Ooh, really nice one. Okay, okay. Or like a car. <laughs> or like obviously a or car. Or a beach house, <laughs> private jet. I think I beach know. house or nothing. Beach house or nothing. That's yeah. the minimum. That right? is the minimum. I've been listening to a podcast and she was talking about like raise your standards for yourself. Yes. I'm raising them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because a lot of the time you have imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I just gave birth to a baby. Like, do I really deserve this like diamond yeah, ring? Yeah, I like, should. I should bro. be providing for the child. No. Yeah. If no. you're not providing for yourself, then you can't provide for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> that will that's, probably some that people question that, but that's my <laughs> logic. Okay, so going back to like the idea of you know one day having a family, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is one lesson that you have learned from your parents that you would want your children to have too? Okay, great question. Yeah, a lot of, I think just the idea of balance um, that they've, I think all parents probably put this in their children, but like, you know, I've seen them, they haven't really told me, they do more than they say. And they, I've just seen it growing up, like they've balanced, you know, moving to a new country, like um, building their way up to be, be like happy in where, like the space they're in and creating their own community and also pursuing, you know, artistic endeavors and things like that. And they've shown me the importance of having both. Um, and yeah, like I, I see them going to work and grinding and doing all this stuff, but then like my parents practice singing every single day like wow yeah so like I see the dedication that they have to both things and that's like I think that's really inspiring obviously and yeah I just want to put that probably in my children put as some other shit be a and, sick cunt and and what if, yeah obviously yeah duh, number one, duh. Number one. <laughs> and what wouldn't you want them to have like you know what experience or mm. situation that you've had with your parents yeah so this is an interesting question because I've been grappling with it a lot like now um I think I was actually talking to it about like about it with my dad like the other day just because of something that happened to me recently and I was like um you know where does this mindset of like you know other people are like out to get you not out to get you but like you know just be careful stay guarded and that kind of thing which is definitely true and fair and you should do that to some extent but I think I've seen it a lot in them where like um, they've obviously interacted with lots of different people. So like they have the experience and they just want me to be safe and careful. Um, but I think I, I don't want that to go into my children as well as much. Like I mm. want them to be, um, like open and ex- like think the best of people before they think that they might be out to get them and that kind of thing. And I said this to my dad the other day and he was like, you've got to understand, like, uh, my friend Sohan, you know, Sohan, she was telling, yeah. um, me about this book she read where it said that traumas can come through like your DNA. Yeah, you know? intergenerational yeah. trauma. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And, I, and I'm really like understanding that now. And my dad was like, you know that this comes from like a long history of a lot of different experiences. He was like, after the liberation in Bangladesh was in 1971, in 72 to 73-ish, um, there was a massive, like a nationwide famine that went on because like we were East Pakistan and then became Bangladesh. So Pakistan obviously like cut off wow. everything. So we weren't getting any, like we had to start from scratch essentially. And my dad was like, I was living in a famine. Like oh, everything I, I had, I had to guard with my life because to survive. And he was like these, and like I moved countries, like of course I'm going to be guarded like that. And um, which is so fair enough. So yeah, but I, I think I want to be more conscious of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. And last question. Mm-hmm. Do you have a recommendation for mm-hmm. listeners? A recommendation. Um, okay. So I was thinking of maybe like my favorite movie. Yes. Which is, um, it's called, it's based off of a book, which is also really good. It's called by Chumpa Lahiri. So it's obviously more relevant to me and relatable for me because it's, uh, it's very similar to kind of my life trajectory. Um, it's called The Namesake. And I think I've told you about it before as well. I would have mentioned it. And it's, um, it's just basically this migrant story. So like it's from based in Kolkata, which is like the Bengali part of India. It's a similar vibe, but a bit different. And like the guy gets married to this girl who's also a singer. They move just them two together to New York and they start a family together. They end up having like a boy and then a girl, which is my, like I have a brother and then there's me. Um, and yeah, there's this scene in the movie where like, um, the brother just graduates from high school and he's like blasting tool in his room, like listening to tool. And like the dad comes in and tries to have a conversation with the, the guy. And like, they're not really able to communicate. Like the guys being like, Oh, like stop annoying me. Like that kind of thing. And like, yeah, these, it was just so relatable for me. Cause I've literally had that happen. Like I've, my brother used to listen to tool in high school. Like wow. I was like, wow. But yeah, that movie, but like, I wouldn't say you have to be Bengali to watch it. Like, yeah. I feel like the immigrant experience is like, we sh- as immigrants share that mm-hmm. experience in different forms and mm-hmm. stuff. But like, I think that's why we can all connect with each other in these Western countries. Um, because we share like that idea of displacement. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Very good. Thank you so much for chatting. Thank oh my you. God. I've learned so much more about you. Yeah, thank Sorry. you. This has been no, nice you. to talk about it. Yeah, well, yeah. part two on the way. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, amazing. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Wanda's amazing. Show us some love. Go follow her on Instagram. I've put it. Her link's in the show notes as well as her SoundCloud. Check it out. Also, don't forget, subscribe, share, rate and review, download, do everything. It's That can be your Valentine's Day present to me, your late Valentine's Day present, and I will happily accept. Can't wait to talk to you again next week, and I hope you have a really great rest of your week. Bye.